The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. The key phrase here is God told the church, I'm going to give you the keys, not of the church. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Yes. Well, we have turned kingdom keys into church keys. Mm. And that's not what the keys are for. Yes. So we are actually holding up God from doing his kingly activity in history because we're more interested in the church than the kingdom. It's time for the church to start making a greater impact on the world through kingdom living. Next. I want to welcome you to life today. I hope you've been enjoying the programs this week with Dr. Tony Evans. It is so important that every believer understand that we have been left here on a divine assignment. We've been commissioned. We're on a mission. It's not to get out of here. When we receive Christ, we receive heaven forever. Eternity is secure. No enemy, no conflict there. But in this world, in this realm, a fallen realm, we are here on a divine assignment as missionaries to represent the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, as an ambassador and as more than conquerors, as overcomers. We're to make a kingdom imprint, an impact on every area of life. That's what it is to live with kingdom purpose. I don't know anyone who understands this any better than Dr. Tony Evans. And clearly, so biblically lays it out. All week we've been talking about it. Today we conclude. You don't want to miss this. And I even think it'd be wonderful to go back and listen to all of them. From time to time as a Bible study time. Here is Tony Evans talking about kingdom disciples and kingdom life. It's an imperative. Be blessed and you're going to bless others beyond imagination for all eternity. Kingdom people. Jim and Dudley, I want to ask if you have a, something you want to, a comment you want to make or a question you'd like to ask Tony. Well, I was just going to comment what you were saying earlier, Tony, about uh, politics and then the spheres. It seems to me that one of the things that's happened in our culture is that we go straight to the politics to say we can change culture by changing politics and not realizing that politics is downstream from culture. So see, I think the desperation is already there in some areas like education, because all these people here, they're either parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, whatever. You've got kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, whatever, in some school somewhere. And the, the whole education system from academia all the way in the universities all the way down is, is shot through with postmodernism, not a Christian worldview. And uh, those kids are going to be running things in a few years. And if that does not make us desperate, then, uh, you know, what is? Are, are we going to wait for an economic disaster or a, or a military disaster? There's already a disaster going on. And so... Uh, my question to you was, how far along are you in this and what are you seeing the people do 
in their community? How is it working when they adopt a public school or whatever? For those who actually engage it, we get all kinds of supernatural testimonies of the environment changing in the school, of parents being impacted, and then we show them how to then, uh, you know, we respect separation of church and state while they're in the school, but we show them how to then use the church as a drawing back to the kingdom of God. So we, we show them how to do that. So for those that we've trained thousands of people now. So we have hundreds of schools that have been adopted. And so we're, we're seeing this slowly move. It's a slow move because they've got to get used to this is a little different paradigm, particularly from a discipleship mentality. Yeah. What's happening in the culture, and you, you mentioned something very critical because, you know, education is a disaster right now. Right. And the Christian worldview is not only rejected, it's attacked. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the racial strife. Then you've got the political division. So we, we're getting a hit from every which way. And I think that's why more and more people are calling on hearing more about this worldview, because they're seeing just having church is not working. Right. You know, so I think we are getting to a tipping point of a crisis being so deep and us getting so desperate that the kingdom opportunity, the door is opening wide for that message to be heard and received. One thing I've shared with this group the last few weeks and on our own program is I feel like in America today, the enemy has actually overplayed his hand. I think he's actually revealed his not only divisive, but destructive, damaging nature. And I think he's revealed his ugliness. And I think common sense Americans are fed up with the ugliness of what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. The political correctness, the manipulative media, uh, the deception, uh, the academics that have absolutely no appreciation, not only for our nation, our founders, for our history, for any of the positives and, and no biblical worldview. And I think that the common sense people said, this is not working, it's ugly. Mm -hmm. it's, it's destroying the economy, you agree with yeah, that? Absolutely. And absolutely. don't you think this is the manifest, manifestation of the enemy's acts, but don't you think it's also God giving him room because the hedge is down at our own choice. We are becoming reprobate in our thinking and now the population, like the last verses of Romans 1 says, we not only do those things, but we give hearty approval to everybody doing them. Right. And this, doesn't that look like America? That, That's what that we is mean. America right and now. And so people are saying we've had it and anybody that would say we want to go away from that, people get excited about it. But what they've got to realize is there's no president, no leader, no Congress that's going to lead us in the right direction if we don't know what the right direction is. And the right direction is what God says is right. What is good is right. What is righteous is right. What he says is correct is correct. And it's the church that has to carry that message. And even if you know what's right and you don't have a transformed heart by the power of the gospel, you're not going to live it. And if America does prosper like it looks like we are in some ways now, if we don't have a change of heart, the more we prosper, the more idolatrous we become and we'll be digging another pit and getting right back in it. So there's Absolutely. no substitute for the gospel and there's no substitute for people being involved in every area of American life. What, what uh, pulpits have uh, for far too long have failed to understand the difference between the content of the gospel and the scope of the gospel. See, the content of the gospel is narrow. It is faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. So we, we're good with that. We evangelism. Let's win people to Christ. Let's get them to heaven. But the word gospel, euangelion, is used in the Bible broader than just that. It's used in the Bible to solve the race issue. In Galatians chapter 2, and uh, uh, Peter's eating pork chops with the Gentiles, because he found out they could cook, and uh, he's eating pork chops with the Gentiles, and then some of the boys from the Jews show up, and uh, Peter is intimidated. He moves his chair, segregates himself, 
And uh, now there's a division. Paul comes in. Yeah. He wanted pork chops too. He comes in. <laughs> when Paul comes in, it says, I confronted Peter. Now, Peter's a believer. He's a leader. I confronted him before them all. It was mm -hmm. public. He says, because you were an affront to the truth of the gospel. Yep. He wasn't talking about how to get to heaven. He was talking about you're not applying the gospel in this racial situation. It doesn't take 250 years to solve a racial problem. It takes two and a half minutes if you're kingdom-minded. That's right. And because we're not kingdom-minded, we have seminars mm -hmm. and workshops when there is a word from God that is definitive on this issue. Can we see a miraculous healing right now racially in our country? It will be a miraculous healing if it happens, and it will be because God had a church to work with through which he could demonstrate what healing looks like. Mm -hmm. You've seen me put forth a lot of effort to try to contribute to this, haven't you? You have. Do you have any suggestions to make before the whole world to me and all the people here in this room? Well, I think every influencer should move to a kingdom motif like, like you have. 100%. So we've got to get this kingdom mindset in our leadership so they can pass it down. And then we've got to come alongside and support uh, in, in, in prayer, in support, the message going as far as it can go to have as much infiltration as it can have so that more and more people can be trained in it. Because you can like it, but not do anything with it if you don't know how to do that. And so we want to get our resources out so that people can see. Uh, I mean, the, one of the, 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 our biggest seller has been the book Kingdom Man. And the, the great fulfillment I get is all the men around the country who saying, you, this this kingdom understanding that I'm supposed to be not just a male but a kingdom man. Yes. That that has that has lit me up. Yes. And it, it, this kingdom concept will light you up. Mm -hmm. And when it lights you up, you affect your world. Yes. You get enough people doing that, and every place you run into, you're running into a kingdom something. Yeah. I just believe we are real close to seeing that kind of move of God on the people in this country who know Him. And I believe people who know the Lord realize that we are walking far short of the power and glory that he says we're to walk and live in. And I think it's high time we step up and we allow him to be manifest through us and carry us. With all my heart, I just say this to you. I am available to you, and you know I mean that. I believe you. And you show you. me everything I can do to help build the reconciliation, the relationships we need, because I not only long for it, Jesus longs for it and he prayed for it. And if he prayed for it, it's real important. And what he prays for has become more important to me at this point in my life than what I pray. Mm -hmm. I want his prayer. And I believe we can see it in our day. Do you think it is possible that we can see his prayer answered and we really have this supernatural unity that he prayed for? Because God is on the throne, it very much is possible. You brought up a very good point in John 17 when Jesus has this high priestly prayer. He says that they might be one, but then he goes on to say around verse 23 this. He says, so that they will see your glory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> see, that's what you want. You want in God's glory, his visible manifestation to show up. But it's conditional. It's conditional on their oneness. Oneness does not mean sameness. Oneness means unity of purpose. Right, and it starts with oneness with the Father. That's right. One with him, 
one with each other, mm -hmm. so that, see, God is, we have one God composed of three co-equal persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Father's not the Son, Son is not the Spirit, but they all make up the one Godhead like a pretzel with three holes. First hole's not the second hole, second hole's not the third hole, but they all tie together by the same dough. So, so they all have divine nature. So Satan's tactic is to create disunity because he knows the unified God will not be himself in a disunified environment, even in the family. He tells the husband, 1 Peter 3, 7, don't pray if you and your wife are in conflict because I can't hear you. Wow. Because the unified God will not function wow. in a disunified wow. environment. So he keeps the church divided. He keeps races divided so that God has to stay away because God can't be himself in that environment. Wow, boy. You see, you know, I get, I get the, the spirit of God jumps all over me, sometimes convicting me, but sometimes making me want to shout because, see, not only have Betty and I never gone to sleep angry. Now, we once went three weeks without sleep, but we've never gone to sleep. We took, we took that so serious. Let's listen to me. We took it so serious. I can't even stand an hour of being out of fellowship with her. I mean, you just can't believe how much love I poured on her before I walked out the door. I mean, 55 years married four years dating before that, 60 years. And she's so precious. And I told her, I said, Betty, there's no way to explain what you've meant in my life. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to tell you enough. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be able to communicate enough. But if we ever get even a little bit of tension, Tony, I can't take it. And you know why? Because it breaks the fellowship that's possible with him. Absolutely. And I can't stand that. I don't want to lose that fellowship. If I thought you were unhappy with me, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep until I talk to you. And I mean that. So don't you ever get unhappy with me and not call me. <laughs> so you can sleep. So I can sleep. Jim, you want to ask Tony something? It's, Tony's, pretty, it's pretty good, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm, I'm having to keep my seatbelt fastened here, you know. I'm about to float away. Thank you. You know, I read a book that the earth is the Lord's. <laughs> and the author of that, you, I think you've read that author before, right? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and every person who lives in it. And when Jesus the King came in kingdom operation, he didn't come out of a sacred place. He came out of the unlikely place of Nazareth and it had a reputation. No good thing could come out of it. So too many times we write off the place that Jesus is coming from because many times when there's the uh, moniker, no good things coming from this source, the king shows up. And, and we, we must break out of this fact that there's a sacred place and a secular place. The whole earth is his every person in it. And the kingdom calls us to love the people that are even enemies. And I think you have demonstrated that as I've known you through the years. And you've been a mentor to me personally. I, I just want to publicly thank oh, you thank because you. I learned from you as a young pastor in this city. There was a time I was young. I can barely, I can barely remember, but, but I do recall. 
Now, talk, talk to us a little bit about how we break out of this thing that the kingdom is going to come to the church campus, and, and that'll be the landing place for the kingdom. The fact is, the, the, the landing place is as big as what God created. Is that correct? Absolutely. You, you, you hit on something very critical that has stymied the church, and that is this illegitimate division between secular and sacred. Mm -hmm. Since the whole earth is the Lord's, that means everything becomes sacred. In fact, in the Dominion Covenant, which God established in Genesis 20, chapter 1, verses 26 and 28, he says, I put you here to rule. We are to act as his agents, managers of what he owns. And he yes. works through his management company, his agency, <laughs> the church, in yes. order to manage his affairs. Well, we're messing up his product because it's not being managed as the owner had in mind. And yes. that's because we've got this bifurcation. Mm -hmm. The key phrase here is God told the church, I'm going to give you the keys, not of the church. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Yes. What well, we have turned kingdom keys into church keys. Mm -hmm. And that's not what the keys are for. And how do you know when you have kingdom keys? He says in verse 19, because whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. Yeah. Whatever you loose on earth, I will loose in heaven. So yeah. we're waiting on God when God is waiting on us. Yes. So we are actually holding up God from doing his kingly activity in history because we're more interested in the church than the kingdom. Wow. Right. Thank you. Wow. Father, I pray that everyone with ears to hear will hear what the Spirit, your Spirit, is saying to the church. Stop listening to all the spirits that are firing darts and thoughts and accusations and dissension at people and resist that and quench those darts and receive your transforming truth and release it in Jesus' name. If you get the message that's been shared this week the importance of kingdom life and kingdom reality and understand that's why we've been left here. From the time I became a Christian and I sold out to God and Betty and I together said, we're losing our life. We didn't understand the full depth of it, but with all of our heart, as much as we said, without understanding everything about marriage, when we said, I do to one another, I do assume this role and this responsibility and I make this commitment to you before God and man. We knew with the fullness of everything we understood that we meant it, we were gonna to be together. Well, when we said yes to Jesus, with everything we understood, we said we're losing our life for your sake, for your purpose. And let me just tell you this, it was greater than anything we ever imagined, but we were serious about it. And it's time for people to get serious. Now, we've had those times in our life when we've had to come back to that first love and back to an understanding of why we're here. We're not here to get out of here. We're here to bring him here in manifest power and presence, the influence of who he is. That's why we're here. I pray with all my heart, you get that. You know, we really do enjoy it. I mean, with everything in us, we enjoy sharing the king's life. And one of the greatest ambassadors we know is Tammy Trent. You're gonna see someone who lost her husband, a swimmer, and yet he drowned. But she didn't lose her purpose, kingdom purpose fulfilled. 
Watch closely. This is going to bless you. It's a great day when you can give until the least of these. I've hung out in this village all afternoon, and I could not wait for this moment, to be honest with you. But I've had a chance to play with the children. We've hung out, and I've played at their playground with them, but you would not imagine what playground they play on. It was filled with broken glass, uh, broken tin cans, all kinds of debris, trash, animals everywhere, fecal matter everywhere. And I'm watching the kids play in this stuff. It was just awful. We would never allow our children to play in an atmosphere like that, but it's all they have in this village, and they were the happiest children I'd ever seen. And yet, even in that moment, we witnessed before our very own eyes a little boy stepping into something and cut his foot. And the reason why is because you'll look around and you see that most of these kids don't even have shoes, not hardly one of them. And if they do, they're broken apart and falling apart, and it's just not a good scene. So let's do something special this time of year. It's not just about a pretty pair of shoes. It's so much more than that. It's really about the quality of life. And something so simple as putting on a brand new pair of shoes on their feet that will protect their feet, whether it's infection, cuts, hookworm, whatever it is, it's gonna protect their life. It's so simple. Thank you so much, Life Outreach, for making this possible for these children and hundreds of thousands of children across the world. Thank you so much for giving. And if you haven't had an opportunity to do that, I would encourage you to partner with us today. Let's do it. Let's make a difference. One child at a time. They're a perfect fit. God bless you, Tammy Trent. I don't know how you could fail to see the beauty of Jesus and I think the manifestation of kingdom reality in Tammy's face. She loves those children. She lost her husband, a swimmer, and of all things, drowned in beautiful crystal clear water. How could it happen? There's so many things in life that break our heart, but one thing that heals even our broken heart is a sincere desire to heal the broken heart of others. I think when we release love, we experience it. The more we express it, the more we experience it in its fullness and reality. I think if you will ask God for the grace to forgive, you're gonna find a, a sense of cleansing and refreshing in your own spirit that is almost indescribable. Well, I'm holding one of these little shoes. We've got them in all sizes. We got them in the tiny size. Precious little feet, 150,000 children that we're seeking to put shoes on their feet understand that the missionaries reveal to us the areas where what you just saw with those terrible cuts, that horrible big toe so infected, almost wonder if they're gonna lose that toe. Well, in fact, they not only lose a toe oftentimes, but hookworms will get into their brain and can kill them. So it really is important that we protect them from the bacteria. $36 will give 10 kids a pair of shoes for Christmas. 72, 20 kids. Would you make a gift right now by going online? 
And would you take your bank card or would you write a check and make it to life? And would you give Christmas shoes and smiles to 150,000 children's shoes and as many smiles as possible? Example, $1,000 and we can do two of those cleft palate surgeries. And it's a miracle. Sometimes it not only gives them a smile, a better appearance, but actually the ability to eat and to talk far more clearly. So whatever you can do, Father, I just pray everyone watching today would express the power of your kingdom, the reality of it, the reality of your love by saying, I'm gonna put some shoes on little feet and I'm gonna give someone a smile because you, Father, have enabled me to be able to do it in Jesus' name. Would you right now go online or dial that number? Always there if you need prayer. Always so grateful we can pray for you, pray with you. Or would you please call or go online and take that card and use it like a check? Remember, that's how we're supposed to use those cards. That's wise. Thank you so much for doing it. By the way, if you want to write a check, make it to life. But be kind enough to call us and tell us you're putting it in the mail because we really have a time limit. We've got to get these shoes so we can get them to the children by Christmas and point them to the great gift God made when he gave his son for us. Thanks so much for watching. Let's be kingdom-minded people, okay? Tell your friends to watch. Don't miss the next program. Poverty is a killer. And because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we often take for granted, like a simple pair of shoes. Far too many children living in extreme poverty have never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections and disease that could lead to crippling consequences and even death. By responding today, you can help immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 150,000 children around the world, and for many, just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes, a gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair, and a gift of $180 will help provide 50 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. As a thank you for your gift of support, be sure to request this beautifully crafted red crystal shoe ornament a treasure to display at each Christmas. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request a Light Shines in Darkness Frosted Glass Candle featuring a beautiful golden design with scripture from John 1.5. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request the Bridge of Faith Canvas Print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I want you to get one of those little crystal shoes. I want us to give 150,000 children shoes for Christmas. The light shines in the darkness. That's what happens when we just express love for those children you just saw. Thanks, Tammy Tripp, for joining us so often on the mission field. What a blessing you are. Thanks for being a kingdom person. That's what you are. Thank you so much for joining us in Kingdom Purpose. Please go online or call that number, and you make the gift God put on your heart. That's fulfilling kingdom purpose, and it's a joy. Thank you.
Christians are sicker than non-Christians. And, and I can't fathom that. The spiritual impact of diet and exercise next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.